This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, September 24th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. U.S.-China meeting set. Trump unhappy White House cancel visit. And Democrats assail planned snap cut. Glimmers of hope with China? Chinese Vice Premier Liu He, the official leading China's trade talks opposite U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer, will be back in Washington next week. We look forward to those conversations, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said it yesterday on the sidelines of the United Nations General Assembly in New York. Meanwhile, speaking Monday in Kansas City at the annual Ag Outlook Forum, co-sponsored by AgriPulse, Deputy Ag Secretary Steve Sinsky said last week's preliminary trade conversations with Chinese officials were both positive and productive. Back of the market, Chinese buyers purchased anywhere between 600,000 and 1.5 million metric tons of soybeans yesterday for delivery between October and December, according to press reports. John Bays, an analyst with U.S. Soy Export Council, says reports that China relaxed import tariffs for the purchases make sense given the price spread that favors U.S. soybeans. By the way, Trump is scheduled to meet Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe for tomorrow on the sidelines of the U.N. General Assembly, and the two leaders could sign off on a trade deal. Trump not pleased farm trip cancel for Chinese officials. Trump appeared upset yesterday that a planned trip for a Chinese delegation to Montana and Nebraska was canceled. Mnuchin admitted it was the White House decision to call off the tour for Chinese Agriculture Vice Minister Han Jun, and Trump suggested the visit to U.S. farming areas be rescheduled. Here's part of the exchange. Trump, why was that our request? Just out of curiosity, Mnuchin, we didn't want confusion around trade issues. Trump, yeah, but I want them to buy farm products. Mnuchin, There was no confusion. We want them to buy agriculture. They've committed to buy agriculture, and they're doing that. Trump, they've committed to buy a lot of agriculture, and they're going to start. And they've started. And we should get them over there as soon as possible so they can start buying. But they have already started buying, as you know, and as you've heard, a lot of product from our farmers, our ranchers. Okay? McConnell sets up funding vote. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is teeing up a Senate vote on the House-passed bill to fund the government through November 21st and keep trade assistance and farm program payments flowing to farmers. The new budget year starts next Tuesday, and the House and Senate are a long way from agreeing on spending for fiscal 2020. The House continuing resolution has been placed on the Senate and is ready for a final vote as soon as today. President Trump expected to sign the measure. By the way, a member of the Senate Agriculture Appropriations Subcommittee, Jerry Moran, told reporters at the Ag Outlook Forum he expects the FY20 funding bill for USDA and FDA to be on the Senate floor in mid-October. He expects the ERS and NIFA moves to advance before the appropriation bills are completed. Senators demand action on India's pecan tariffs. Twelve U.S. Senators are demanding that U.S. Trade Representative Bob Lighthizer lean on India to reduce its tariffs on U.S. pecans. India, which does not produce pecans, has levied a 36% tariff on the nut for years. Tariffs on other tree nuts, such as pistachios and almonds, remain relatively low at 10%. 
U.S. pecan farmers have long railed against the unfair treatment, but their situation in the international trade arena has worsened because of the U.S. trade war. China, which purchased about a third of the U.S. crop, hit pecans with a 47% new tariff last year. Lowering the tariff on pecans would satisfy the demand of the Indian people for additional varieties of tree nuts without impacting India's virtually non-existent domestic pecan industry, the senators say, in a new letter to Lighthizer. Keep in mind, the senators are hoping to capitalize on President Trump's good relations with Indian Prime Minister Nayendra Modi. Stabenow leads Senate attack on SNAP rule. The ranking member of the Senate Agriculture Committee, Debbie Stabenow, and 14 Democratic colleagues are calling on Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue to scrap his proposal to tighten income eligibility limits for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. In a letter to USDA, the senators say the proposed rule, quote, is yet another example of the Trump administration ignoring congressional intent and proposing a self-initiated flawed rule that will take food assistance away from millions of Americans disproportionately affecting children, seniors, and working families. Administration officials argue the rule will limit eligibility to people who truly need it and curb abuse of the system. FDA moves to tighten antibiotic use. FDA has issued guidance to animal drug companies intended to ensure that all antimicrobial drugs that are important in human medicine are prescribed by a veterinarian. There are a limited number of remaining medically important animal drugs that don't require veterinary oversight. The industry guidance is aimed at changing the approved marketing status from over-the-counter to prescription. Rules Panel to Consider Farms and Disaster Resilience. John Piotti, President and CEO of American Farmland Trust, will testify at an unusual hearing scheduled today before a subcommittee of the House Rules Committee. That committee rarely ventures beyond its chief duty, which is to set rules debating bills on the floor. But today, we'll look into how to use federal funding to prevent natural disasters. Piatti will emphasize the potential for farmland conservation and soil-conserving farming practices to minimize the impact of future flooding events. USDA close to naming Kansas City site. Deputy Secretary Sinsky says a new Kansas City site for USDA's Economic Research Service and National Institute of Food and Agriculture could be selected in a couple of weeks. Speaking with reporters at the Ag Outlook Forum, Sinsky said 25 to 30 percent of ERS and NIFA employees have agreed to move to the Kansas City area, but they still don't know whether their permanent offices will be in Kansas City, Kansas or Kansas City, Missouri. It's expected to take about a year to make the space suitable for federal occupancy. Here's today's He Said It. The picture is going to look very different a year from now. That Sinsky acknowledging that USDA has staffing shortage in the ERS and NIFA because of the relocation, but expressing confidence the agencies will get replacements hired in coming months. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, September 24th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by the United Soybean Board. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Kelly. 